So we have uh, a preaching ministry. We have a music ministry, uh, one for which I'm very thankful. I'm very grateful for the ministry that the Lord has given to, for the music that the Lord has given to this church. I've been in some where I'm not. Uh, it, it doesn't uh, do much to edify. Um, but I'm very thankful that's not the case here. We have a, a, a youth ministry. Uh, Alcatraz is an outreach of the youth ministry. Uh, we have uh, a children's ministry, and the Truth Trackers on Wednesday night is emphasizing that ministry. And, and um, we have uh, uh, Vacation Bible School, uh, where we try to reach the kids. And, and this fall, we're uh, Carly um, Ellis is uh, heading up a program to try to get kids that, that came to Vacation Bible School to come back on, on uh, Wednesday night for Truth Trackers. And, uh, and that's a ministry. Um, uh, take kids to camp, that's a ministry. I mean, you go on and on and on and on and on and on, talking about all of the various ministries of the church. But when it comes right down to it, there is one purpose in all of it, and, and that is the ministry of reconciliation. Um, I don't have, uh, again, I don't have a hand day, handout, so uh, you'll need to turn to these verses. Uh, let, me, let me give them to you, and if you'll turn and, and we'll look at them together. Turn to 2 Corinthians 5, and uh, we're going to begin reading verse number 18. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, beginning verse 18, the Bible says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. We implore you... Uh, now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Uh, several years ago, the church I was pastoring in Georgia, uh, I was studying this, we were talking about it, and, and, uh, and the Lord, in my mind, put these two things together, the work of the ministry and the ministry of recon reconciliation. So, I believe, I believe the work of the ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. If you, you look at these verses, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20, three verses, and he mentions reconciliation five times. And uh, so, the ultimate goal of what we're doing, of everything, the music, the teen program, the children's program, the preaching, every, everything we do is to persuade men to be reconciled to God. Now, why is that important? Well, it's important because that is how we get to know the Lord, and that is how we're redeemed. We, and that's the ultimate end. Um, uh, so, what is reconciliation? The, the, the word reconciliation, uh, the, the original word, uh, actually means to bring back to a former state of harmony. Um, if you go back to the beginning, 
when the Lord created the earth and created Adam and Eve, and they sinned against God. And one of the things, the result of that sin, we'll talk about it a little more in a moment, but one of the results of that sin was that they were alienated from God. Remember after Cain and Abel were born, and uh, they grew up, Cain brought a sacrifice to the Lord, and Abel brought a sacrifice to the Lord. Abel's sacrifice was a, uh, a, a blood sacrifice, and the Lord accepted that. Cain's sacrifice was a sacrifice of, of the ground, from the ground, and the Lord had no respect for that. He didn't respect, he didn't, he didn't accept that. And later, after Cain was cursed, Cain said, the, the, my punishment is more than I can bear. And one of the things he said is, you have turned your face from me, or, your, or my face cannot, cannot approach you. And uh, so that is, was a consequence of the sin. The whole, the whole goal of everything we're doing is to try to restore that relationship. That's what God is, that, that's His purpose. Uh, from Genesis through Revelation, you study what He's doing, it's all a process of restoration. And uh, I believe he's going to, when he creates the new, he new heaven and new earth, he is uh, redeeming all of that, and, uh, and everything will be restored to what he intended before man sinned and corrupted everything. So reconciliation uh, is an attempt using biblical principles to remove the barriers between two parties and a damaged relationship, thereby restoring the peace and unity necessary for the relationship to flourish and prosper. So there are two, two things there. And uh, the first one is that, that there are barriers that need to be removed. They need to be, they need to be, they need to be removed. Um, and then the second step is to restore the relationship as it should have been before. Uh, to illustrate that, I want to uh, look at the life of Joseph, uh, best illustration I can think of, of this matter of reconciliation. Uh, you know the, very, the story very well. Uh, Joseph... Um, was disliked by his brothers. Uh, his father contributed to that by giving him a, a coat of many colors, a special coat. Uh, but there was, there was a lot of things in his background, his uh, family life, that created that issue as well. Um, but, uh, but they sold him into slavery. Joseph went to Egypt and uh, ended up working for Potiphar, he was tempted by Potiphar's wife. He withstood that, but she uh, accused him falsely. He ended up in prison, stayed there for two years. Uh, that prison sentence was a divine appointment because through that he met the folks that were going to be able to talk to Pharaoh and so he could, he could be delivered from prison. And, uh, and he ended up being, you know, the, the governor of Egypt. And then the famine came, and Jacob and his family needed grain. They needed food. And so Jacob sent his sons to Egypt, and they 
had to procure their food from Joseph. And so you go through the entire story, Joseph ends up testing them a couple of times and, and kind of tightening the bolts and, and, uh, and, and testing them. So they finally come and uh, bring Benjamin, which was a requirement when they came the second time. And at that point, after they go back and the, you know, they, he plants his cup in Benjamin's sack and all of that happens, they come back and Joseph uh, gets them into a room and he sends everybody else out and then he reveals who he is to his brothers. And, um, and in Genesis 45, verse 3, the Bible says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? And then it says, But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. Now, in that situation, Joseph is revealing himself to his brothers. And his brothers all of a sudden realize, whether they want to or not, and they didn't want to to begin with, they realize that they are in the presence of this brother that they sold to get rid of him so that they didn't have to, to deal with his favorite, favorite status with his father, nor... Uh, this idea of the dreams that he had, you know. So, uh, so, um, so two questions. Number one was, did Joseph, had Joseph at this time already forgiven his brothers? Had he already forgiven his brothers? I, I think he had. He's, he told them, don't be mad at yourselves. You know, God sent me, sent me here. It's not, not what you've done. Second thing is, did reconciliation occur at that time? Were they reconciled to their brother at that point? There's some, some people who believe that this was a time of reconciliation. But again, reconciliation requires that the barriers be removed. And their barrier, the barriers that they had, had to do with, with what? There were there were actually three things. Um, their response that says the brothers, brothers could not answer, them, answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. They weren't real excited about meeting their brother again. He was not on their list of favorite people at that, at that time. He, he, the fact that they had to see him again, the fact that they were in his presence brought up several things. Number one, it reminded them of, of their sin, what they had done. They could not have looked at that, looked at their brother, and not thought about the fact that we are the ones that he's, he's here because of us, but we thought we got rid of him. So he's still around, and, uh, and, and not just that, but he's got authority over him at this point. So their sin was a barrier. And, and, the, and the problem was their guilt. 
they, I guarantee you, they were feeling, feeling guilty. Part of that dismay was, was understanding that this, we're, we're just getting what we deserve because of what we did. Um, but it wasn't just that. It was, it was their sin that was a problem. But there was a second thing. What else do you suppose Jacob's brothers were thinking at that point? They, were, they think about what they've done, but, but they also would have been thinking about what Joseph might do. That's retaliation. That was a problem too. The fact that Joseph may determine that he's going to get even, which created fear in their heart. Guilt is a barrier to reconciliation. Fear is a barrier to reconciliation. And then there was a third thing, and that was they were unsure about Joseph's attitude toward them. Now, Joseph had said, don't be mad at yourselves because you didn't put me here. God put me here. So, so don't, you know, don't, don't worry about that. But they weren't sure of what Joseph was saying. And there was, a, there was an issue there. The third thing was that uncertainty about, because they didn't know, know Joseph very well at that point. They, they knew him before. They didn't know what he was like at this point. And, and have you ever had a situation where you were uh, talking to somebody or somebody accuses you of something and you're not, you, you're not involved in that? You don't, you don't think that way. But they do, and they think everybody thinks the way they do. And so, I believe that Joseph's brothers thought, well, he's, you know, if we were in that situation, I know what I would do. I would, I'd, I'd, I'd get even. And they were unsure about that. So, there was, the third thing was a problem with trust. Guilt, fear, and trust were barriers that had to be resolved. Now, it didn't happen at that point. There's some people who say, well, they had a reunion. That was, you know, I mean, they were, um, you ever go to a family reunion? A, a, a reunion is generally a planned event. Joseph's brothers were not planning for a reunion when they came. Uh, a reunion is usually a pleasant event. It's an, an event you anticipate with a great deal of joy. You're looking forward to being able to get with those that you love and spend time with them. Uh, there's no way that Joseph's brothers would have been looking forward to this event. So it really wasn't a, a reunion. And, and, and it was, wouldn't have been complete even if it was because Jacob was the father. He wasn't there. Now, that came later, but even in that situation, things didn't, didn't resolve themselves. So, you come down, the, the story goes on, and they live in Egypt, in the land of Goshen, for 17 years. J Joseph, for 17 years, provides for Jacob and his family, for, for Jacob and his brothers, and all of, their, all of their, the rest of their family. He takes care of them and, uh, and, and supplies every need they have for 17 years. And then it comes time for 
Jacob, their father, he, he's going to die. And so they take him to, back to Canaan to bury him. And uh, they put him in the ground. And then on the way back to Egypt, Joseph's brothers have a very interesting conversation. They are, all of this stuff is still there. It ain't gone anywhere. They've lived in Egypt for 17 years. Jake, Joseph has taken care of them for that 17 years. But for 17 years, they've lived with this in the back of their mind. You know, nobody's still addressed this issue of what we did. And, uh, and, and, and there we know from what they said at the end that they were certain this, this trust issue was, was very much a, a thing. They were absolutely certain that when they got back, since Jacob was dead, Joseph was then going to get his, his revenge on his brothers. And so you get, you get to the end, Genesis 50 and verse 15, it says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us. He's already told them he loves them and that he's not, you know, he's not going not gonna to do anything. But uh, he, he, perhaps he will hate us and he may actually repay us for all the evil we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, thus you shall, you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin for they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the trespass of, of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept, the Bible says, when he spoke, when they spoke. A very tender meeting at this time, a very, a very emotional meeting. Because Joseph was not expecting that. He had been treating them kindly and caring for them. For, for 17 years, he had never done anything to indicate that he was still angry with them or was going to exact revenge on them when their father died. There, there was none of that. But they, for, for that 17 years, they lived with the guilt and with the fear and with the trust issue because they hadn't dealt with any of that. So the only way to, to get it taken care of was for them to acknowledge their sin, which they did here. They said, please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. They're talking about themselves. Please forgive the, what, what, what we've done. We, knew, we know we've done wrong. And, um, and so the sin had to be dealt with. The fear had to be eradicated. Joseph had to somehow convince them that he was not going to do something to them. He was not going to punish them for what they did. And then finally, the trust must be restored. So Joseph said, as a result of what they said, he said, do not be afraid, for I am, am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. That's when the reconciliation took place. And for the remainder of the time that they were alive and Joseph was, was alive, they were able to live 
with a, 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 a sound relationship, a good relationship, because uh, they, had been, they had been reconciled. Now, going back to this idea that the work of the ministry is persuading men to be reconciled to God. That's our responsibility. That's part of what we're supposed to be doing. That's not part of what we're supposed to be doing. That's the main thing that we are supposed to be doing. Um, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, three things happened. Um, they lost their righteousness. When God made Adam and Eve, they were innocent and they were without sin. They hadn't done anything wrong. They, God put them in the garden, put Adam in the garden, and then He made Eve to, to be a companion for Him. And, uh, and He told Adam not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, put all these trees there. They're there for you to eat. Uh, but you're, this is one you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to eat, eat from it. And then Adam obviously told Eve, because there's nowhere in Scripture where it says that God told her. And then Eve ate from the, the tree, and then Adam ate from the tree. And what happened when that, that occurred? The Bible says that the eyes of them both were open, and they became wise to evil, and evil became a part of who they were, and they lost the righteousness that they had prior to eating of the tree. God made them righteous. They lost it, and uh, they became sinful. The second thing that happened was, you remember the Lord said to them, in the day that you eat thereof, ye shall surely die. He said, you're, you're going to die. If you, if you eat of that tree, you will die. Well, then there, you, you watch what happened, and they, they didn't die. They, they, they kept living. But the thing that did happen was they died spiritually. Their, their spiritual, you know, they, they died spiritually. They, they lived on physically, but they died spiritually. And so now people are born dead. And uh, unless they get saved, they die spiritually. Their, their, they, their death ends up uh, being a permanent thing. Um, the Bible says the only way to get rid of that is to be born again. So you, you've got to be born spiritually. Uh, Jesus said that uh, unless you are born, you, unless you're born spiritually, then, then you will die twice. And so, uh, so they lost their spiritual lives, they lost their righteousness, and the result of losing those two things was that they were alienated from God. You can't have a relationship with God if you are dead in your sins. So, three things happen then. When, when a man gets saved, when each of us got saved, there were three things that happened. The first thing that happened was redemption. And what did that do? That took care of our righteousness. Adam and Eve lost it. We regain it because of redemption. Jesus died to pay that debt so that we could regain that righteousness. And the second thing that happens is regeneration. 
which is we gain spiritual life. Those two things happen. And when, when the barrier of sin is removed and the barrier of spiritual death is removed, then reconciliation occurs. So it's a three-step process. They all, all occur simultaneously, but it's very much a situation where if there were no redemption and there were no regeneration, there could be no reconciliation because those barriers had to be, had to be removed. That's how reconciliation occurs. Now, there's one other thing I want to I say as I finish up, and that is, uh, again, the statement is that the goal of the ministry is to restore man's relationship with the Creator. The, it's the ministry of reconciliation. Um, I want to make sure that I'm not saying this the wrong way and that you mis don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but the goal of the work of the ministry, the goal of what we're doing is not to persuade people to go to heaven. They go to heaven, that's a result of the fact that we know Christ, that we know the Lord, that we have been reconciled to God, but if we emphasize going to heaven, I, 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 you say it this way, what's the greatest benefit of our salvation? And a lot of times people would say, well, I'm going to get to go to heaven when I die. But that's not the greatest benefit of our salvation. The greatest benefit of our salvation is that we were reconciled to our God. As a result, people spend their lives, they're believers who, who have trusted the Lord, but they spend their lives focused on heaven when they're living right now in a situation where they've got issues that they need to deal with. They need the Lord's help now. But they don't see salvation as being a relationship so much with their God as they do as a way to get into heaven. So, uh, so I'm, not, I'm not saying that heaven's not important. It is. But there would be no heaven if we, didn't, if we were not able to, to be reconciled to our God. And that may seem like a, a simple thing, but, uh, but I've had situations where I've known people that deal with issues in this life, and they may be getting to the place where they're about to die, and their response when you talk to them about it is always, well, I know where I'm going. That's good if you know where you're going. But do you know who's there to help you right now while you're not there yet? And that's an issue with a lot of people, we, our, our salvation starts at the moment we get saved, and it's functioning the entire time. It's not, it's not we get saved and then we get to heaven and that's it. We have issues that we deal with in this life, and knowing our, our relationship to the Lord is, is what it is, and, and having access to Him, and, uh, and spending time with Him, that is a great help to us. It's, it's, it's part of what we are supposed to be doing today. So uh, anyway, um, I believe the, 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 the work of the ministry is persuading men to be reconciled to God. I think that's what the Scripture teaches. I think that's what we do. 
but it's just a little different way to look at it and, and to think about the fact that uh, there are three parts to, to uh, salvation. Uh, and, uh, and I'm very thankful that, that God has taken care of all of that so that we can know Him, have a relationship with Him. Well, let's bow together for prayer. Father, we thank You for Your love to us. And we thank You, Lord, that You loved us enough to send Your Son to pay that debt that we could not pay to provide life that we cannot gain on our own that will allow us to have a relationship with You that will sustain us while we live on this earth and then keep us for eternity. Help us, Lord, to be focused on who You are and what You're doing in our lives at this time and be thankful for the fact that we're going to heaven but help us to be grateful for the fact that we're reconciled to you and help us, Lord, to spend our time and our efforts persuading others to be reconciled to God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.